Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. We are powered by the Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. This podcast is our eddy in the rushing waters of local journalism. We are glad that you're taking some of your time to listen to us chat with the people who shape our local community. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Remax Key Properties, a family-owned, full-service real estate brokerage specializing in residential, luxury, commercial, new construction, and ranch and land properties. Their new state-of-the-art facility at 42 Greenwood Avenue is a modern, collaborative space and the new home of the Ben Don't Break podcast recording studio. I am Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source Weekly, and today we have Thor Erickson. He's a chef, educator, actor, writer, and media personality and influencer. He has worked within the restaurant industry since 1980 and has taught at COCC's Cascade Culinary Institute since 2009. He established his reputation in fine dining at Shea Panisse in Berkeley and Jeremiah Towers Stars in San Francisco and went on to manage kitchens of, manage kitchens of many fine dining restaurants. Erickson is the 2013 winner of the International Association of Culinary Professionals Culinary Teacher of the Year Award. In 2015, Chef Erickson was invited to the Obama White House, where he educated the White House culinary team on the sustainable procurement, butchery, and preservation of meat. Wow. We're yeah. going to come back to that one. Okay. Okay. I'm still going. This is <laughs> He's got a long bio. Uh, as an actor... Thor worked on several television series and motion pictures in the 70s and 80s. We'll come back to that one, too. Uh, he has also been in local theater productions, including La Cage Offo, The Rocky Horror Show, Jesus Christ Superstar, and many others. As the homegrown chef of 1859 Oregon Magazine, a statewide lifestyle publication, his food column appears in each issue with anecdotes about his culinary adventures and recipes celebrating the Northwest bounty of seasonal foods. The tick tight tiktok site and we were we were debating this it's dad eats 2.0 right yes because i thought it was the deets like that's where you get the details but <laughs> i i completely read it wrong it was created by thor and his son john jan and Yon. has almost 1 million followers and 18 million likes that's mm. a huge tiktok following thor yeah it's weird is it your full-time job yet no <laughs> um well thanks for being here Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is, uh, this is great. We um, so let let's just get right to the Obama White House. Kind of blew. That's impressive. That was impressive and, and kind of shocking. How does someone? I was and you shocked. were here, right? Were, were you in Bend at the time that? So you I was were, in Bend at the time. Yeah, and that was uh, an aftershock of receiving that award mm-hmm. in 2013. Uh, The International Association for Culinary Professionals conference was in D.C. that year. Okay. And so it was tied in with that where I was one of five chefs that was asked to be there. Yeah. And how does your name get into that um, judging pool? I mean, you're you're in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. It's still a mystery to me. (laughs) It's still a mystery to me, and 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 it was a it was a, a real surreal experience where it was like a, a a panel of your peers has nominated you for this award, and at that point I had been teaching for five years, yeah, and I thought, gosh, why, why me, <laughs> and um, you know the other people who were nominated, there was a teacher in from Provence. Wow. Uh, who had taught there for years, and 
um, one of Martha Stewart's. The other person was one of Martha Stewart's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's an international award. Exactly. It's an international award. And uh, so, yeah, I went down. uh, This was in 2013. I went to San Francisco and because I was nominated, I was like, what the heck? I'll go. And um, yeah, it was a surreal experience. Suddenly I was um, on stage and, and Alice Waters was giving the presenting the award and it was great. Yeah. to hang out with her and she took me to this green room after after my acceptance speech which I have no idea what I said. <laughs> I did uh, you wing it? Yeah. Yeah. Was, it was I, like it was, it like was winning kind of that an blackout academy period award. where I was trying to just compartmentalize all this stuff and so I go to this green room uh after I had the award and it's like the fantasy room of chefs Thomas Keller uh, Jose Andres, um, Daniel Belug, um, Alice Waters. Yeah. On and, and on, Thor and on and on and on and yeah. on and on. <laughs> and I'm just like, couldn't say a word because, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. And it was for the sustainable procurement, butchery, and preservation of meat. Is that a specialty of yours? Well, the award was based on on teaching. Yeah. And uh, so when I, I, two years later, I was asked, to uh, go to the White House. Yeah. And uh, so the IACP contacted me to ask me if I was interested in uh, doing this. And at first it was a dinner at the White House, and then it distilled down to this teaching the White House staff how to do this, which was in line with what was going on there at the time, which was a lot of preservation. And they had the garden going, mm, and they had bees, yeah, and they remember. were making beer, and it was yeah. really cool. Um, oh yeah, we did. Uh, we we remade the Obama beer at a Good Life that year. I remember. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So there was. <laughs> he's right. There was. There was all this like kind of like grassrooty food stuff coming from the White House. I remember the there garden. Was. I thought yeah. that was wonderful. Yeah. 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 And they had they had this root cellar with all of these pickles and kimchi and lacto fermentations going on. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. And so I was there to show them how to butcher these heritage hogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I was taught how to do um, in Europe was to do seam butchery, which is a bit different than they do it here, different than the USDA style, mm-hmm. which is like straight lines across yeah. muscles. It's a round muscle. It's very artistic and you're sculpting these cuts specifically for charcuterie and really respecting the animals and things like that. So that's what that was all about. And, um, it was the most nervous I've ever been in my life. (laughs) Um, and the, the vetting and security around it was incredible. Well, Well, I mean, you had had a knife. Yeah. You were handling sharp (laughs) items. Well, yeah, and they wouldn't uh, allow the chefs to bring in their own knives. Or I couldn't bring in my butcher knives at the White House, so I had to kind of ask them, say, hey, can you make sure that you have these knives? They weren't sharp at all. Really? They weren't sharp at all. And so then I said, I, I need to sharpen these knives. He needs to sharpen the knives. Speaking in, <laughs> speaking into the, they're saying, no, no. It was, they were really accommodating. It was great to work yeah. there. It was great to work there. So it was about nine hours there at the White House and did my own dishes and then was whisked <laughs> off to this other uh, 
Did you get to eat? Did you get to do it with? I think I, I think I tasted some other stuff that these other chefs were making. I was so nervous. I don't really recall ever like <laughs> eating or drinking the whole time. That's yeah. Great. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm looking at your bio and I'm wondering where did you have the time to do all this stuff? I mean, and how old are you? I mean, at some point you were in Europe studying. Yeah. Maybe that's, is is that grass, is that starter story, origin story enough if we start there? Because then it's like, oh, that's that's mid, that's midway. (laughs) Origin stories. He started when he was two. Way back. Um, well, uh, so I, I came to Ben in 92 and, um, just, uh, started working here, uh, right out of the gate or trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. They called, they call anybody who wasn't from here in that particular time, they called locusts. It was really hard to find a job. It took me several months and I was living in my truck. I, was I came here guy. about that time. Yeah. yeah. Homeless guy and, um, living in my truck and I got a job at, um, Le Bistro, which oh, yeah. was a Starbucks is there now. Mm-hmm. And it used to be the platypus. And before that, it was Ernesto. Before Ernesto's, mm-hmm. it was Le Bistro. Mm-hmm. Axel Hach. I remember. And it was... Um, before he boogied to Prineville. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I I got in there and that was my first Were you Were you in trained in culinary at that yeah, point? Yeah, I was. I was. I had... I had done culinary school and done the California thing. I'd worked in San Francisco and Berkeley at that point and thought, you know, I was young. I was like, I'm invincible. (laughs) And here I moved to this town where it was baked potato and a well-done steak was really the the, thing. I mean, La Bastro is the basement. Wasn't it? It it was down. Like when you went in the building, you went down the stairs. um, Am I thinking of the right building? You're thinking of the right building. Uh, he made that into like a little beer, uh, yeah. Bavarian beer lounge. Okay. After a while, but but the dining room was up in the oh, church. Okay. 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 The, I, it, I don't which remember Which was once that. a once a church, yeah. and the kitchen was <clears throat> kind of toward the back there. Okay. Yeah, but it was French food. It was classic French, and yeah, yeah. And you were trained in France and cooking it there in Bend in 1992. Well, no, and I hadn't gone to Europe yet. Okay. And so I I worked like three jobs here because I had nothing else to do besides snowboard and work. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so in 94, I bought a house. I bought a house in downtown Bend for (laughs) $35,000 and fixed it up. I hope you still have it. I don't, I don't. (laughs) Well, that's how I went to Europe. I, I fixed it up and a few years later I sold it and spent uh, a year traveling. Yeah. Worked as a butcher in Italy so you weren't in school. You were just working. Were you working? This was after culinary school. I was okay. not in school yeah, okay. at that point. I was the chef. Uh, this was after I had worked a number of years here. I'd been um, worked at Le Bistro. I worked um, at Scanlon's when it mm-hmm. opened and ended up being right. a chef there for mm-hmm. a while. I was working at Broken Top, Robbie J's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The, the tour de force of Bend high-end restaurants. In the 90s. <laughs> in the 90s. In the 90s. Yeah, so I spent, spent you know, that year in, in Italy and Germany and Croatia and just... Were you working your way through those countries? Yeah, yeah working and yeah. being a tourist. In restaurants. Working yeah. and eating. Yeah. 
yeah, I think eating was the real <laughs> part of learning how to how to about right. food in Europe is right. is you just yeah. So Aaron was trying to tell me he wasn't a foodie, and I said, "But you eat." Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know that that qualifies for foodie. I, uh, I we were does. talking about the eccentricities that. I, I'm not a I'm not a eat anything kind of person. Like I, I'm I have my phobias and and my certain things that I'll eat, and you know I'm just one of those. So when you were coming in, I was telling Donna <laughs> I, I'm the worst person in the world to talk to him about you know diverse food offerings and what someone from a French background can uh, can cook. So yeah. So then you came back here and did you? Um when did you start teaching and what made you switch from, you know, being in the restaurant to teaching? Yeah, this was a real pivotal part of my life because I grew up in a restaurant household. Mm -hmm. My parents owned restaurants in the Bay area and, um, and then, and then we moved to Northern California. Well, Sonora kind of East of, uh, San Francisco. Did you work in their restaurants? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And, and it's just the way you say it. It's funny. Well, washing dishes and sweeping and vowing never to do this. (laughs) Exactly. Vowing never to do it. Never seeing my dad, never seeing my parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people think, oh, you grew up in restaurants. You must have eaten some really great things as a kid. We were our babysitter was three's company and a bowl of Mac and craft Mac and cheese. And, um, and then crazy enough, we moved, we moved to a more rural part of California where my father got a job teaching culinary arts at a community college. Jesus. Um, Doritz is a, this is like an infinite loop. He was, I know the apple doesn't (laughs) fall far from the tree. And so he, uh, yeah, he had some frustrations with that job, and I always told myself I never ever want to do what he's doing. But you know, we had um, since we were out of the city, we had pigs and we mm-hmm. had everything. I have I have three sisters, and they didn't want anything to do with any of the yeah, the, you know, <laughs> growing a garden or really? raising the pigs yeah. or cows or anything like that. And so it was kind of my my chore to do that. And so were that's they, where are they I, older sisters, younger mix? Uh, one older, two younger. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the middle. So you were kind of towards the top. I'm the middle but child. On the, on, the, on the workload side of things. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but so so how I fell into teaching was um, I had known Julian Darwin, who started the Cascade Culinary Institute at Central Oregon Community College for years, just yeah. being in the restaurant community here. And he and I um, had teamed up just on our own volunteering um, collecting food for um, what became Neighbor Impact. Okay. And what became the whole, um, the food hub later on. Okay. And and things like that. And so we were, you know, it would be like 10 p.m. and we'd be driving around in Julian's van at Nature's or something, picking up food and <laughs> delivering it to, to different places. We actually delivered it to these different shelters uh, and things like that. So I love that you're drop, name dropping all these old Ben things that <laughs> none really of the listeners wonderful. are going to know, right. but I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Yeah. Nature's is back. So, yeah. Um, and, and so he called, he, he called me up out of the blue after I returned uh, from 
from my trip in Europe. And um, actually, it was, it was a bit later than that. Sorry, I'm thinking about this. Um, it was 2000, yeah, nine, 2009, where he said, hey, I think, uh, I think you would be a good instructor here, and we need part-time instructors. Because that was the beginning mm-hmm. of the economic crash, and so many students were going back to community college. Number, numbers and were they surging. Needed, yeah, they just needed, you mm-hmm. know, I just, he said, I just need you to take one class. I said, all right, I'll try it out, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this, this teaching thing. <laughs> and I got in there, and man, I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And I realized, you know, that's what I've been doing in restaurants for the past few years is teaching people how to do things. Right. Constantly so just a, teaching. Just a little three or two or three sous chefs that you're working with, if you want to call them that. Yeah. Or, yeah, or whomever, Line depending cooks, on the size yeah. of, of, of the operation. You're always teaching people how to do something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And we had... Uh, my wife Kathy and I had a, a new son at that point, Jan, and um, I was like, "Well, hmm, I want to do this." So yeah, I really, I really dug my heels in and got going there. Yeah, and uh, never looked back. Never looked back. Is- never looked back. And you have your evenings free, so you can be an actor and. Performer. Yeah, I want to know when that yeah. when that kind of cut in. Okay. okay. Was there was there like a French uh, acting troupe kind of stint or? No, this is this is uh, all part of the story. Um, so I'm gonna revert back to part of my last story. Was uh, I was just telling about um, when my family moved to rural California? Um, there was this casting call. For this show, uh, this television show, and I had never seen it before, but all my sisters were really uh, excited because it was Little House on the Prairie, <laughs> and so we all went out for this casting call. This huge... sisters and you, huh? Everybody, the whole family. Oh, every. Well, not my mom and dad. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, lo and behold. Uh, they called it a cattle call then, and it was for mostly extras and mm-hmm. stuff because they were shooting a whole season of Little House on the Prairie in this town. This town was called Columbia, and it's 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 a state park in California. It's preserved to look like the 1850s through mm, the 1880s. Okay. So they were shooting a whole season of it there. So they wanted people to to always be there. I was the only one who got the part. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I was the only one who got the part. And so I got to actually go to school for four months. I got to go to school in a trailer with all those kids on the show. Wow. And Laura Ingalls? Yeah. 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 That's great. So what was your part? Were you you were just an extra? Oh, I was yeah. It was it's kind of funny because I was like so serious about it yet. I didn't have any lines <laughs> at all. I was like the kid who would be like running in the background on the on the ball field or running into Mrs. Olson and knocking her groceries out of her hands or um um you know in the in the schoolhouse right. or whatever. You know this kid with these blonde bangs and big teeth. And- I think I remember you Thor. 
Yeah. Well, there uh, you, it was an unmistakable yeah. part. Yeah. So it, um, they, yeah, they shot there for a year, and then um, Michael Landon asked me to to come down and be on the show that they were uh, shooting in Pasadena area. Okay. And um, the next year, and we had some cousins who lived there, and and I absolutely loved it. I mean, when they were shooting uh, in Columbia, I was always the first person to show up <laughs> in the mornings. And you just the last you just liked it. I just loved it. I loved that yeah. culture, and yeah. um, I was kind of a theater nut in school, and I liked that yeah. aspect of it. I was I was a pretty shy kid, and I had a very mild stutter when I was little and I, a Montessori teacher early on said, okay, you need to do theater because you can memorize these things and then you're fine. And then you're great. And it gave me the confidence oh, okay. to, yeah. to, to speak. So if so. you memorize something, you lost the stutter when yeah. you spoke. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> but here I didn't have any lines to memorize. Yeah. <laughs> but that led to uh, other gigs on some other shows and, some Western movies, any Western, I, I have this joke that any Western movie from 1980 to 83 with the word writer in it, I'm probably <laughs> in. <laughs> so then how do you get from, why didn't you just go be an actor? I mean, yeah. what made you then, oh, I'll go to culinary school now. My parents divorce. Um, I was away and, um, you know, I had seen their their marriage unraveling for a couple years, but it really hit the rocks when I was mm-hmm. gone. And uh, how old were you? I was twelve. It was my fault. Yeah, right. I well, mean, if you'd have been there, yeah, you could have held you it all saved, together. You could have saved the right. marriage, and that's what I. I, I was so naive that that's what right. I thought at the time, and you know, I was getting some grief just from my sister, like, why weren't you here? And, you know, we've resolved all that. I, my sisters are the most important, yeah. some of the most important people in my life. And, um, uh, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I did a couple others, a couple little others here and there. And it was just, yeah, I, then I just started working and, and helping out, you know, make the, make the family income and work. And when did I, you I, start getting into performances with speaking lines? Because I should say, full disclosure, you know, I produced Lacage Alfo and Jesus Christ yes, Superstar and uh, Thor stole the show as Herod. You know, that, oh, that performance was incredible. Oh, and, he's blushing. Uh, I am. I am. But it was incredible. And, and, and being the person sitting out in the audience with the most critical eye on the performance. Well, high school, <laughs> high school, I was always, you know, the, the drama kid and the band kid. Uh-huh. And, and I loved doing that. And, you know, I always, it was my dream as a kid that I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. And, um, so that was, that was it. And, and it led you into community theater. I mean, it led me into community theater and, um, I have been involved in community theater around Ben for, yeah. for years. Yeah, yeah. Since the nineties. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. So what, what is the, um, shifting gears a little bit. Now that you're at the Culinary Institute and Bend is booming, I mean, what is, what is happening up there? What is the trend that you see for the? Because it's such, it's kind of a, isn't it kind of a unique thing for a community college to have a culinary institute? Not really. I mean, okay. uh, so the so the 
um, you know, the career technical education aspect mm-hmm. of what Central Oregon Community College offers. That's culinary is part of that. It's always been really strong since since ninety three when yeah. when the Culinary Institute was was started. Um, it's it, er, enrollments going nuts I can at imagine. the college in general and in culinary. Uh, in the fall, we had a forty-eight percent increase over last over fall uh, twenty-two. Wow! Yeah. Well, I mean, and maybe it's just because the Culinary Institute at COCC is incredible. I mean, it, it, the the facility where you can serve and do the dinners, um, the the classrooms. It just seems very nice for a nice facility. Thank you. Which. Um, which I remember when I'm dating myself, but I remember when it was built and just being wowed that Bend had invested in that, you know, and, and wisely so given, <clears throat> given our tourism industry. And, uh, but still I, I was like, there's no way that the rest of the state has this. <laughs> no. Exactly. And it's very unique. And you're right when you are saying that Bend invested because mm-hmm. that was a, capital campaign with community dollars Mm -hmm. and um which is extremely flattering yeah for a community to believe in something that much um so yeah we we have great faculty and staff there and we just really believe strongly in um preparing students for the industry that's our goal yeah is to prepare tomorrow's chefs and you must be seeing now a lot of your students out actually having restaurants and food trucks and being in the business here. Exactly. Exactly. And we're so, so proud to see that. And a lot of our alumni are, are out there with successful businesses, be it restaurants or food trucks yeah. or developing products. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, it's, it's just, Again, it's kind of shocking to me that, you know, more people don't know about the Culinary Institute. And I, and I got to imagine now, especially post-pandemic and this fever for good employees in the health service industry, 48% is not surprising considering there's got to be some industry pressure there as well to like, please go upgrade your skills and come back and be, you know, really good for the restaurant. There's that. Um, uh, food media helps. Yeah. Food, when I was going to culinary school, that didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And the inter- <clears throat> the internet wasn't there, right. and the food TV wasn't there, and so um, so that's something that really prepares uh, students as children watching that growing yeah. up for for this environment, and so they tend to know a little bit more going into it. Yeah. And yes, to your point, we do have industry people coming back to get better. Mm-hmm. We have people who have retired from other careers coming in and wanting to mm-hmm. do something different. Yeah. So, um, and as far as our restaurant goes, we are sold out all the time. It's <laughs> so popular. We joke that we sell out faster than Noma and <laughs> we have three months worth of restaurant reservations that sell out in six minutes. Yeah. And, it's incredible. Yeah. But you got to know, you got to know about it. Cause I don't, it's not, it's not out in the, it's not advertised. You don't, you don't advertise it really well, obviously, because you don't need to, 
But I, I mean, I talk to people all the time. They don't know that you can get dinner at the Culinary Institute. Well, the name of the restaurant is Elevation, and you have to kind of like be dialed in to know because like he said- You have to be dialed in. Because like Thor said, it sells out. And what happens, I have friends who they'll send me the thing and they'll go, oh my God, come on, we got to get our tickets now if we want to go to lunch or whatever. (laughs) I mean, seriously. And I haven't been there in a long time just because I'm always dragging my feet and I wait too long and you're sold out. But that's (laughs) such a testament to the Institute and to what you're doing that students can actually pull this off. And and serve incredible meals there. They could. Be. You got to feel good about that. They could be walking around going, it, a bunch feels- of students don't go to elevation. <laughs> it does feel great, and yeah. and it feels great that the community wants to participate in the education of these students. Where we mm-hmm. we really rely on customer feedback, on guest feedback for everything from food and service, ambiance, everything. Yeah. Or we're at the end of our time, unfortunately. Wow. Um, Which is a bummer because there's so many other things we'd like to talk to you about. (laughs) But can we do one more question? Yeah, absolutely. Like I was going to ask him if there's anything. What are you doing on that TikTok thing? What, why, why, why do you have, what's happening there? Dad, (laughs) dad eats 2.0. This was a, this was a TikTok that my son developed when he was in middle school, kind of just post pandemic. And you know, he was just getting into social right. media and it just started as, as him coming at me with some <laughs> weird thing to eat and I would turn around and eat it. Oh my gosh. We were just talking about this oh my because gosh. my son comes at me with things to eat and I refuse. And that's the whole thing. He's like, he will eat anything and I will eat nothing. So he, I think you got a TikTok. Dad refuses. He, dad refuses, right. <laughs> He's like, he, and, and I, I get that some of my best videos is him eating stuff and he'll be like, look, look what I ordered. It's uh, dad. Don't eat. Yeah, it's dad. Dad won't eat. Yeah. Dad won't eat. But it took off. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, whether it, I think it was just a complete accidental formula um, that my son had. It's this certain way we've, he's now a junior mm-hmm. in high school and kind of is down on the whole thing right. he's, <laughs> he's done down. with it he's done with it he, yeah and so i've tried to replicate you know doing it myself or or my wife kathy will try and you know do something it's just not the same it's just not the same it's his but vibe. we still have we still have yeah. this great following now there's now there's merch out there and <laughs> um daddy's 2.0 shop and so yeah there's all kinds of things I'll be. I'll see people you know on what? the street and they go, "Hey, Dad eats." You'd be surprised. It, it it comes back around in college. I bet it comes back around. Could be. Yeah. Is Could he be. is he interested in culinary? He's interested in media. He wants wow. to be a filmmaker. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's starting but, out he's well a with a million cook. following a followers cook. on he's TikTok. A That's a good. Yeah. 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 Well, the, you know, the phone eats first. That's that's one of the funniest lines to me. It's just like for a generation, like that's where the era we live in now. Like, it's phone, true. the food hits, phone get phone phone eats first, and then you keep going. We're now teaching students to make food hotter to give people time to take a picture of it. What? Yeah, phone that's eats first. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This has been the Ben Don't Break podcast. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Ben Don't Break podcast powered by The Source Weekly. To read, hear, and see more of what we do, go to bensource.com.